0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Four Corners Podcast. We are powered by Carolina Electrical Services. Josh and Anthony, we're back with you guys once again today. And I may be excited as we start, but that excitement is going to fade over the course of this show. Oh boy. As we recap, an eighth straight loss for Carolina in Charlottesville as they fell last night to the Cavaliers 65-58. to to drop to 11 and 6 overall on the season, just 3 and 3 in the ACC as Carolina. Um, you know, they lost Armando Baycott roughly a minute and a half into the game. He sprained his left ankle and never came back. And I, I mean, I, I literally tweeted upon the injury happening that the game was over because Carolina came out with nothing. Love the faith, bud. Um, The the very first possession, they gave up two offensive rebounds and then still didn't collect the rebound. The ball just went out of bounds off of Virginia. And then you lose your best player. You fall down 10-3. You don't really know know, what's going to happen. Blowout City is, is on the verge. Well, actually, that didn't happen. Carolina then responded. They played some of the best basketball they've played of late. On an extended twenty-one to five run to build a twenty-four to fifteen point lead midway or in the in the latter parts of the first half, but was outscored twelve to four the rest of the way. They saw that lead get cut all the way down to two two points and or or it was twelve to uh twelve to five, and 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 Carolina. I think we knew at halftime the way this game was going to go. Only up to you had a chance to to really put the game away in the first half. That didn't that didn't happen, and Virginia would go up by as much as ten in the second half. Carolina would get the lead back down to three in the latter parts of the uh, of the game, but as they've struggled all year long to do Caleb Love and RJ Davis couldn't make the plays when they needed to be made and and Carolina left again last night once again defeated 65 to 58 and this 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 is a weird way to feel uh-oh because did you lose to a good basketball team yeah did you lose to a good basketball team without two starters and your best overall player? Yeah. But was that game also there to to, to be won? Had you done the little things that it, it requires to win a game like that? Yes. Yeah. And I think that was where – You changed it up there. We could have been in harmony, man. Come on. That's where I think I got the most – I guess frustrated with 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 last night's result was that it was there for Carolina to win the game, and you should be you I, should be frustrated. If you're not frustrated, then there's a problem. And I, I said I said going into the game, and I said this during the game: teams that have championship aspirations win those types of games. And I I don't want to say that this is the you know a, uh, the nail in the coffin for that because there's still a lot of basketball to be played. But I think I'm coming more around to the conclusion of this was a team that was vastly overrated all preseason. And what we're learning about, as much fun as last year was, it was that it was a run. It was a stretch of basketball that was not sustainable carrying over into in, in, into this season. And I think the thing is, is that I really believed in my heart that it was. I really believed that what we saw the last six weeks of last season was who this team was going to be. And maybe maybe we, we're we asking too much, but we're the University of North Carolina, so expectations are going to be high every single time we walk on the court. Mm-hmm. And, and last night I thought that game was there to be won, even without Armando Baycott even without Pete Nance, and we didn't do the little things to walk away with a win. Well, they they didn't do what we
1: told them that they had to do to win this game. They turned the ball over far too much. You, You can't, you had your worst turnover night, I believe, of the entire season. It may be very close to the game earlier in the year against Indiana, but... I mean, it just, you cannot turn the ball over 13 times in this game and hope to win. Not with the way that, as we said, Virginia is going to slow the pace and limit the possessions because Carolina didn't create turnovers on the other end of the floor. They couldn't get out and run. I don't remember a single time last night where Carolina was able to get out on the fast break. It just did not happen last night, and that was something that Carolina had to be able to do. They had to be able to get out and run a few times during the game, and they 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 simply had to be able to take care of the basketball, especially once you lost Armando Baycott. I don't think it's an excuse. I, I just like like I, I don't. You can't look at this loss and say, well, you didn't have Armando Baycott, Pete Nance. This is this doesn't even really count as a loss. No, yeah, it does. Because as you said, it's frustrating because it was there for the taking. But at the same time, I mean, you just, you can't discount how important <coughs> Armando Baycott really is at this point because... There have been two games this year. We can basically I mean, he played a minute and a half. We can basically count this as he missed this game,
0: right? Yeah, and I mean, I think the thing is, and you'll hear this audio from Hubert Davis. You know, he was hurt because he he's he's a guy, he's a guy that that'll play hurt.
1: Right, and- he's done it. He's done it multiple times in his career. Remember the one back in. Was it 2020 or was it 2019? He rolls his ankle against Ohio State real bad and actually plays in the game against Virginia. Things come in full circle, kind of, when absolutely nobody expected him to play. So, yeah, I mean, for him, he, he definitely was significantly hurt. But look at the two games that he has missed this year, basically. Virginia Tech and Virginia. Offensively, Carolina has been... Pathetically awful in those games. And look, there is a lot of credit that needs to be given to Virginia. They are a very, very good defensive basketball team. But it's just this is one that you feel like was there for the taking. I think if Armando Baycott kind of plays in this game for the entire the entire way, or at least you know majority of the night, like he normally would. This would have been a win for Carolina, and that is what is so frustrating, but it's at the same time, it's hard to be overly angry at some of the guys that had to step in for him
0: <laughs> except for Justin McCoy uh because some of them did show flashes well this is this is also where Hubert Davis has got you, you you gotta play dudes in November and December. You have to because not having more options to go to off the bench and why Justin McCoy was the first guy off the bench last night I still don't know. Well, that's insane to me. That, How in the world? That 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 should be and needs to be Puff Johnson. How he, is it not? He's what a better is happening player. In practice? Um by the way,
1: Dontre Styles, you you might as well remove yourself from the team. <laughs> Seriously. If they are going to leave Justin McCoy out there for a minus-16 performance. 14 minutes he was in the game at minus-16 overall when he was on the court. If you can't get playing time, then you might as well just seek a transfer because, dude, you ain't playing. Well, it's it,
0: just that simple. I mean, there's— My God. There's a reason why—more reasons than one why Roy Williams played a lot of dudes in November and December mainly to figure out who we could trust and who we couldn't, but that away in the case of what's happening right now. And this is why when Will Shaver got hurt, I told you it was a big deal was because it already limited a did front I, court Did I deny that no I'm just saying oh, okay. i'm re- just basically sure. i'm reiterating the fact that I'm right oh well of course um wouldn't be a podcast edition without that 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 you, you uh, an, an already limited front court got even uh, further limited with his absence and mm-hmm. that's why last night Justin McCoy was asked to play minutes he's not capable of playing he's not he's not an ACC caliber basketball player that's Especially as a stretch four, and um, oh my god! But you know, I, I think that, and this is where I think I, I get really upset when I think about this game, where this is what hurts to, to tell me or, or or to say this. R.J. Davis led the team in scoring last night. He he had a great game. He had 16 points, was six of 12 from the field. Yep, didn't score the last nine minutes of the ball game,
1: which is insane to me because he was
0: hitting some unreal shots early in that second half. There's got to come a point in time where on the because he'll do it at home. He he's got to come to a point when he's not in the in the friendly confines of the Smith Center, mm-hmm. where he can look at the other nine dudes on the court and say to my and say to himself, "I'm the best player on the court." because at a point in the time in the game he was he was the best player on the court majority of the night I thought he was and yes. and 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 just and just take the game over and that's not there in him just yet on the road like I said he did it he's done it at home he did it in a stretch against Notre Dame where he just for 3 minutes dominated the whole second half against Wake Forest I thought he was the best player on the court yeah. um it just didn't happen on the road Caleb Love continued to struggle. That's who he is, and, and you know, I, I had this conversation today at work because I got asked, "What is Caleb Love going to be remembered by?" Whenever he's he's all said and done, the guy retired, Coach K. The, yeah, the, yeah. The, and and so no matter what, I as, mean, that's a hell of a legacy, man. As as, as frustrating as 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 this is for it, and at this point, I'm not even frustrated at him. I'm I'm frustrated for him. Because it's not that I don't... Like, this time last year, I thought he didn't care. I don't think he doesn't care. I mean, remember, this time
1: last year, we were still less than a month away from when he admitted that he took a half off against Notre Dame.
0: I, got, I, I don't so, think that's the issue. Yeah. I just think that he is having a shooting slump that it, it, it it's starting to look like more, more than not, he's not going to come out of. And I mean, because as bad as he was... Carolina is not in a position to win the game without him cuz he made some really tough shots in the in, in the latter parts of that second half. Right. It's just not all it's not all coming together. And that's got to be frustrating for him and it's got to be frustrating for Hubert Davis because it's not like Hubert hasn't shown confidence in him. He's left him on the court at times where he should have been on the bench. It's not like he hasn't initiated offensive sets for him. We do that virtually every game. It's just not coming together. And if it doesn't come together, this team is not going to achieve the goals that it wants to achieve. If they want to win a national title, he's got to be a big reason why. He's too talented. And, I mean, look, again, and a
1: lot of people are going to say this, and it is true. We sat here last year in the same position with him. Now, again, as you mentioned, it's a little bit different because we're not – Worried about I, and I'm with you. I don't think it is an effort thing for him. I think it is just a slump, a rut, whatever you want to call it. It's it's just he cannot snap himself out of it early in games because look, there there have been some tough shots that he has hit. <laughs> I mean, he had a huge one against Wake Forest for Carolina. And then last night, he hit a couple of big ones down the stretch to keep Carolina in the game, to have a chance to still win. But, you know, it's not even just all on the offensive side. He, he, he cuts the lead to three. Virginia comes right back, blows right by him for an easy lay-in on the other end of the floor. Like, it's just, it's it's moments like that. He is just a, it's a frustrating player to watch at times. And now, yeah, it's getting to the point now where you can see that for him, the frustration is, set, is starting to settle in. Where before, it just seemed like he was a guy that was like, eh, I'm taking my shots. It is what it is. Now it's, we saw it last night. They zoomed in on him at one point. And it's just the, the frustration, the disgust with the fact that these shots just won't fall because they're good looks. I, I, I thought last night there was not a single time that I said to myself with Caleb Love, man, that's a bad look. You don't need to take that shot. I, I thought he got good looks. It's just it's it's not falling for him. And you're right. If they want to make a run in the postseason, then he has got to get in rhythm. The good news is, though, when he when he played at his best last year, it was in March. Maybe he's just that guy that turns it on then, but to me, that means that if that is the case, then you need R.J. Davis to be the guy that takes over these games night in and night out. He's getting more consistent with that down the stretch of games, taking it over from at least the guard standpoint, but last night... It stung a little bit that he didn't score the final nine minutes of the game, and he did it in a game where you did not have Armando Baycott there after after hitting just some unbelievable shit. That fadeaway shot that he hit from three is one. I, I believe it's the last basket that he made. That is one of the toughest shots I've ever seen anybody hit watching a game of basketball. That is a nearly impossible shot to knock down, and he put it in. But it's just, you need one of those two guys to be able to consistently lead you late in games.
0: Yeah, and, and hopefully maybe... Dang, I just stunned uh, you with how profound that was. You know, hopefully maybe it, 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 it all comes together for him again. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it, oh, I don't I don't deny that it will at, at it, some point. It, right now it's just it's just really hard to to see to see that all coming together for him. Let's take a look at the box score here brought to you by DraftKings. Uh Huber Davis said that this was a box score that he looks at and saw that he should have won. Uh did he look at the wrong column? Because it wasn't a pretty one for the Heels. Uh, Carolina shot just 40% from the field. They were 21 of 53 compared to Virginia shooting 46% from the field. They were 24 of 52. That's 46%. Carolina just 33% from behind the three-point line. 8 of 24, Virginia 6 of 19, but they were 5 of 8 in the second half. Uh, Foul line, Carolina just 8 of 12. 67%, so below their season average. Uh, Virginia, 11 of 19, 58%. 13 uh, turnovers for Carolina led to 19 points for Virginia. Just eight turnovers for Virginia that led to just 10 Carolina points. Uh, Rebounding, Carolina won that battle 36-32. 28-26 on the defensive glass, 8-6 on the offensive glass. Second chance points, just four for Carolina, six for Virginia. Bench points, 28-20, Virginia. Points in the paint, 32-20, Virginia. Fast break points, 10-2, Virginia. Blocks, 8-2, Virginia. Steals, 9-5, Virginia. Uh, assist, 11 on 24 made baskets for Virginia. Carolina, just 9 on 21 made baskets um, the game was tied for one uh, one time. That can't be right. Um, actually, it was because that was the opening stretch of the game. The game was tied for two minutes and 33 seconds. There you go. There were four different lead changes. Uh, Carolina led for 16 minutes, 24 seconds. Virginia led for 21 minutes and two seconds. So I have a really hard time looking at that back box score and seeing that Carolina should have won the game. I test wise.
1: Just watching the the game, I thought Carolina should have won. They they should have won the game, in my opinion, because they were there, the way that they executed. I I thought early in the first half, as you mentioned, that stretch right before halftime was pretty much what changed everything. They were up seven. I thought, hey, if you come down here, I, I said it while we were watching the game. I said, get this to double digits at halftime, and you're feeling really, really good. But yeah, that box score. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, that's not what I saw. I mean, watching the game, you felt the flow of it. Carolina had a chance. There, there were opportunities there, but that box
0: score does not prove that. Let's now move on to the quote of the game, and um, we've got we've got two that we're going to play from Hubert Davis. His first one is an update last night on the injury status regarding Armando Bacot. I
1: I haven't talked to him after the game. I mean, I know he's hurting pretty bad. I didn't see the play. Uh, I just saw him on the ground, and he was in a lot of pain. I know that he's really in a lot of pain because in those situations throughout his career, he usually gets back out there on the floor, so I'll talk with uh, Doug Halverson, our trainer, and see how serious it is, but I didn't see the
0: play. I just saw him on the ground. Well, we can say since then we can confirm via uh, a tweet from Jeff Goodman that Armando Baycott had X-rays on his ankles and they came back negative. Um, they are there is a belief that he is going to miss some time depending on how that that ankle in terms of the swelling subsides before Saturday's game at Louisville. Uh, we're talking about a guy that was aver- that's averaging a, a double double so far uh, this season for Carolina. He would be a massive loss, um, and the- and I-, I think Hubert Davis knows it, and I think Hubert Davis knows that he was hurt just by the fact that he didn't he didn't come back and and play in the game. And here's another piece of sound that I want to play. I believe it was C.L. Brown, the news and observer writer, that asked him the question about this game being a, quote, moral victory for the way that Carolina competed without two
1: starters. Maybe, but that doesn't sound like C.L.'s cadence, so it might have been somebody else.
0: Diff- it, it, it may have been just been a random reporter that was in there, but it could have been him. Could have been him. So, uh, But here's what here's what Carolina had to say, or had, here's what Huber Davis had to say.
1: Hubert, I know you're not looking for moral victories, but what, no. what does it tell you about the way you guys recalibrated being down two starting big men and the way it doesn't does it matter? matter? It, it does, I, I, it just doesn't matter. You know, in the box score, I mean, maybe in some of you guys' articles, you can say, Wow, look how they fought without Armando and Pete, but it, it, it's an L. <laughs> it's our sixth loss. <laughs>
0: That might be the best dang answer he's given in his year and a half as Carolina's head coach.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's that that's exactly what you want to hear from him because that's you know what that is? That's a Roy Williams answer. That's exactly the way that Roy would go into that press conference is, "Hey man, we are not looking for moral victories." Because he's right. Ultimately, you you've got six losses on the season
0: yeah and look, we this is the University of North Carolina. and look, Armando's a great player and Pete Nance is a adequate player. you we you've got to be tough enough and you've got to be good enough to look around the 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 gym look at the scenario and be able to step up and make plays. And they did that in the first half. Like they did that after getting down by seven, which is more like fourteen against Virginia. Yep, you you did you did that, and then in the second half it, it you couldn't care it, it it wasn't sustained, and we're eleven and six. We started the season preseason ranked right number one. We, we, we were picked to win this conference. We're three and three, and like if if Armando's going to miss time. Yep. You you probably wonder, can this team make the tournament without him? If, he, if he's going to miss substantial amount of time, and that's not where we thought we'd be on January 11th. That's not where we should be on January 11th.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, if you would have told me that they lose Armando Baycott for an extended period of time, I would have told you, I, I don't know about not making the tournament. I would have told you, yeah, this team probably isn't great. Because, yes, he really is that important to what this Carolina team does. I mean, in terms of a big man, has Carolina really had a more important big man to what they do, just makeup of the team, since Tyler Hansborough? Like, it's it's just with the way this team is made up – with him out of the lineup, this team will be—it'll be a shell of itself. Because I said it earlier, the two games that he has missed—in—in in, you know, again, we're counting last night as a game that he missed because he played a minute and thirty seconds. This team has been pathetic offensively. I mean, just awful, and they're not a great rebounding team either. So, I mean, they weren't bad last night. They weren't nowhere near as bad as they were against Virginia Tech, but still. And the thing that's concerning to me is even even with Armando, because at this point, you, you have to imagine, one, he's going to miss a little bit of time, and then two, when he comes back, he's going to be slowed a little bit by the injuries. We saw earlier in the year injuries were affecting him, and he wasn't the same guy. So if you are going to have a less than a hundred percent Armando Baycott for probably at least the majority of of half of the rest of the of ACC play, then I mean you got a question like how is this team going to win games? The thing that concerns me the most about this game more than anything, Carolina is zero four on the road this year mm-hmm. in true road games. I mean, they've got to find some way to start winning on the road, even just away from the Smith Center because they have won one game away from the Smith Center
0: against Portland. Two. They beat Ohio Ohio State and Michigan on neutral court. Yeah, that's true. I just, like, on the road, can we
1: find a way to actually win one of these games? Last night, I get it that's a that's a place that you have just historically struggled this this is one of the the oddest streaks that Carolina has going probably in program history the issues that they've had there <laughs> losing eight straight and having not won there since 2012 but they as of right now they have not looked good at any of the road games that they have played so far this year and I just that that's the thing that is really starting to concern me about this team.
0: Take a quick look at the stat of the game. I went points off of turnovers. Carolina got outscored 19 to 10 in that category. You do the math, that's a nine point differential. Carolina lost by seven. That goes the other way. Carolina, most likely, even without Armando Baycott, walks away victorious. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to get you a new ad from DraftKings as we get you ready to bet on this week's NFL playoff action. So we're going to get you that message. Then we come back, more thoughts, more takeaways from Carolina's loss at Virginia on the Four Corners podcast back after this message from DraftKings. The NFL playoff picture is locked in, and my go-to place for wild card round action is DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get free bets back up to $10. Action is so good. Why Why bet NFL playoffs anywhere else? I know I don't. I'll be placing a bet on my Dallas Cowboys as they take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You And, and, and the experience is, is fun. It's easy. It's so convenient. All on the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. So all you got to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use our promo code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings sportsbook with the code T-B-P-N. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. We really hope you guys are taking great advantage of great offers I've been giving you here on the Four Corners podcast. Same for Anthony over there on the Heel Tough blog podcast. We we The first thing I had right here was the impact of Baycott's injury. We really just kind of went through that. I think the only last thing I'll say about it is that this really it stresses that everybody's got to take their game to another level. Love, Davis. The reason why I didn't get excited about what Leaky Black did against Wake Forest the other night was because last night he was a big reason why Carolina didn't win the game. Yep. Yeah, He was 3 of 8 from the field and 1 of 5 from 3. He's just not consistently good enough to, to make shots. And last night, they dared him to make shots, and those shots were there that you know, frankly, had to be made. You had time to catch him and shoot him in rhythm, step into it, whatever you wanted to do, and you just you weren't you weren't tough enough to make the shots. Um, but he's got to be better. Hopefully, Pete Nance can come back and. Give you something, and then you you, you hope that Jalen Washington, who we're going to talk on it, take a while in a minute, is can build off of what he did last night. Mm-hmm. Puff Johnson, you're going to need Demarco Dunne. You're probably going to need Dontre Styles to break into the rotation. It's going to have to be a group effort. If if Baycott's going to miss uh, some some time, I, I I'm not so convinced he's going to miss time. I think as long as he can play, he's going to play. Um, I, I think he missed a Virginia Tech game because he felt like in that moment he couldn't play. He couldn't raise his arm above his head. It's pretty hard to shoot a basketball if you can't do that. So but I mean if, if he's gonna miss, you know, a week, two weeks Boston, Louisville's going to be fired up to, to to find a way to salvage their season on Saturday. Yeah, 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 it doesn't matter. You've got you a Boston College team, team. Uh, at home next week that just played Duke really really tough, and if we remember last year, played Carolina really really tough in the Smith Center. You've got NC State coming up. Like you, you've you know, if he's going to miss some time, you, you got to have your 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 good players take their game to another level. Um, you mentioned the defense and and it was i mean look you hold a team to 46% shooting that's pretty good you hold a team to 32% shooting from the 3 that's also pretty good they couldn't get the stops when they needed to yep and that was that's been their biggest problem on the road all season long is they cannot get the stops when you look at the the you know the situation of the game And you say, "Hey, we got to get a stop here." Uh, Virginia was four of eight from three in the second half. They shot—I mean, so they were a lot more—and they shot fifty-four percent overall in the second half. Ben Vanderplas was absolutely amazing. Armand Franklin, a guy that you shut down in the first half, scored eight points. You had Reese Beekman, who also got more offense in the second half as well. And you know that, that as as much as Armando Baycott. All you know, is a presence as a shot blocker and a rim protector. Let's not act like he's, you know, Dekimbe Matumbo and he swats everything out of there. But Carolina got beat off the dribble. It was Love and Davis. Leaky Black got taken off the dribble. Mm-hmm. And 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 that's something where frankly that's inexcusable. In a game like this, that you know like you knew the you know, if you come away from this game, how you're gonna be looked at. You would have emerged as the favorite to win this conference. You don't get the stops that you need, and 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 you know it, it plays as big a part as anything in Carolina in Carolina losing the game. And so, you know, we we didn't really see the full court press again until eight minutes or so to go in the second half. And my my question is why? There hasn't been an adequate reason given as to why they don't press more often i know a lot of people say they don't have the depth to press more often i don't you don't have to be overly deep to press that just comes down to first off being in a good enough condition to to play in that style and i'd like to think that our guys are and then also play pretty good defense without fouling which for the most part i think our guys do a pretty good job of that as well and I, in a game like last night, when you're, you you lose your best player, I just don't get how you don't use that as a as a as a way to maybe turn the tide in your favor.
1: Well, a- again, I, and I I just I the only thing that I'm going to keep telling you about this is that they have shown us they are only going to use it when they have to late in games. That's that's it. They're they're just they're not going to use it, and I don't understand it either. Again, I'm not the dude that's saying you got to run it for 40 minutes. I just at some point change some things up. And I look, you did not have the greatest shooting night. There were still opportunities to be able to implement it to slow down what they were doing. I, I thought early in the second half they could have they could have gone to it a couple of times just to try to slow the momentum because, yeah, this team, Virginia took over in that second half. And, I mean, look, early in the game they were driving by guys as well, but the shots were not falling. And ultimately Carolina did not make the adjustment. They just kept playing the same way that they were. They were praying that Virginia was not going to find any sort of groove offensively. And, look, they were far from great. But they made the shots that they had to. The the be it, the going off of the dribble drive so easily is just driving me absolutely insane. Because this was a problem that it looked like Carolina for the most part had kind of taken care of late in non-conference play. They weren't really beat that bad by it against Ohio State, Michigan struggled. They, they did a good job of staying in front of the ball handlers in those games. And then all of a sudden, they get into conference play. They have a rough outing against Pittsburgh, which as we saw the other day against Clemson, and as we've seen a couple of times already so far this year, this is kind of what Pittsburgh does. They have guards that will simply just drive right by you. That, that That's their game plan, and it's worked against some really talented teams so far. Mm-hmm. But this game, this is just maddening to me because this team should not be able to drive by you that easily. They are not all that talented offensively. They're just not. And they got you multiple times, and it led to defensive breakdowns because you didn't have a veteran guy in Armando Baycott on the floor, so you saw mistakes from Jalen Washington as a young big when he would go to double guys. There were so many breakdowns. And then, yes, ultimately the thing that undid Carolina was not being able to take away the three in the second half. Part of it, there was nothing you could do because Vanderplas and McNeely, who was also outstanding off the bench for them, Just hit shots. But the other thing is you gave them a lot of open looks in this game. That was, again, another area that we pointed to when we were previewing this game. Their offense is not great, but they're a team that can shoot the three at times. Their percentages are high. Their second highest team percentage since they won a national title. And there you go. And that's what beats you. Turnovers and threes beat you. Two things that we talked about coming into this game you had to prevent, you didn't, and here you are.
0: Well, the the turnovers, I think, are probably the most maddening thing because Love and Davis both committed four. Like, they were were responsible for eight eight of your 13 turnovers. Freshman Seth Trimble didn't commit a turnover – um. Despite playing 16 minutes and starting in his first road game in the ACC, you know your other turnovers were committed by McCoy, Washington, Dunn, and and Leaky Black. And you know those guys you can live with because they're reserves, so they're they're going to make mistakes. Leaky's leaky. That's about a, that's about the best way we know how to put it. <coughs> But in this game, you needed, you needed your, you, you needed your, your guards to be the two best players on the court last night, and in this game, they weren't. And their their turnovers were a, were a a, 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 a a direct reflection of of why Carolina gave up nineteen points off of turnovers, and it's a big reason why Carolina Carolina lost the game. And you know we. We said a little bit earlier that, you know, or I said a little bit earlier that I've just come to the conclusion that this team that entered with all this hope and expectation and excitement, it was it was a lot of overratedness, and it was a lot of we expected too much out of them, and with that, we've expected too much out of R.J. Davis and Caleb Love, and look, I love R.J. Davis. He's my favorite player on the team. He's my favorite Tar Heel since... Marcus Page. But this is a part of who he is. This is a part of who he is as a basketball player. It's a part of who Caleb Love is as a basketball player. And we've just got to come to accept that, that they're going to have games where they don't play very well. Yep. They're going to play really, really hard. And, again, I didn't question their effort last night. I didn't question their fight. But they're going to have games where they don't play very well. I've said it multiple times. Nobody got angry at me for pointing this out after
1: the Pittsburgh game. These two guys the thing they struggle with the most is consistency. Yep.
0: Well and it, that's and and look. I said this today that they're, vol- they're, they're volume shooters. You know what volume is? Volume is ba- the way basketball people cover up and and try to make inefficient sound cool. Yes. That's what they are. Yeah. And there's nothing... <laughs> hey, man, one of our favorite players of all time, Carmelo Anthony, volume shooter. There's nothing wrong with being a volume shooter. You can win with the way that they they play. But also on the flip side, you lose with the way that they See, play.
1: Here's the thing about all this, and people point this out, but it, it, it doesn't mean that this, what we're saying right now is not true. If they have... The type of March that they had last year, we will not, we, we will not be frustrated with that, because that's all that ultimately matters. Can you put it together for a
0: six-game stretch? You see, but you see, it's not about putting it together; it's about building towards March. This is a team that should be building for a tournament run and i don't think that's that's happening i don't think they're building towards i
1: will say this i don't care what their record is right now i think this is a better basketball team right now than they were a year ago yeah i mean see I-, I mean i don't think it's even close cuz remember at this time a year ago they were getting at their doors absolutely blown the hell off by miami and by wake forest on the road and I mean they got absolutely destroyed in both of those games.
0: I mean, I I don't really know which one was better. That this time this year and this time last year, they've been extremely underwhelming. I mean, yes, but this is a
1: team that you feel is much deeper than a year ago, right? Oh, I mean I I, I Which is
0: ultimately one of the things that goes into it. And and they should be even more deeper, in my opinion. But Hubert Davis doesn't. Well, no, they really shouldn't be that much deeper. Uh, no, You'd Dontre Styles should have a role on the well, team. Well, yes,
1: no, no, but Dontre Styles should have a role. Justin McCoy should not. <laughs> that that that's
0: that's the answer. So they
1: shouldn't be more deeper. It should be a different guy. Well, McCoy
0: didn't really have a role until he played a little bit the other day, and he played a little and he played a little bit more last night. Up until the last two games, had he played a whole lot. No, no, and I don't think Dontre Styles would deserve to play more than that either. So I don't know He's if he necessarily has a role. I, I but I, I mean, I think Dontre Styles should have a consistent six to eight minutes a night. He doesn't. I, I mean, here is my thing with that. Clearly,
1: it is something that he is doing in practice because it's been nearly the entire year that we haven't seen him. So to me, it tells me. And look, we're not at practice every day. If Huber Davis is not playing, a guy that we thought was going to be the, se- the the second guy off the bench for Carolina entering the season, he's clearly not doing the things that he needs to do to be on the court. Like if you're not playing at all, especially in this scenario, I I, I mean I can't I can't be mad about that. No, but I just to me. <sighs> I know it's weird, but I feel like you're in you're you're in a better spot than you were at this time last year, but you're more frustrated because you expected more out of this team. What I'm saying ultimately though, going back to the guards is that yes, if all the if 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 they put it all together in March again and they make a run and they ultimately finish the deal, then we're gonna say, look, this, th- these were guys that yeah they were they were they were inconsistent but they turned it on when it mattered but right but again that is what we will say inconsistent is what these dudes are right now and it's okay to say that it doesn't mean that you are bashing these guys it just is what it is night to night you do not know which versions of these guys are going to show up and to be honest with you, is there anybody on this team besides Armando Baycott that you know is a consistent player from night to night? Because I haven't seen that person. They don't exist. Like, it's just, and part of it, with, with Seth Trimble, it makes sense. Seth Trimble's a freshman. Some of the other younger guys, yes, it makes sense. But for those guys, it's just that, it's... it's Crazy that they have not been able to find that consistency. And the reason why we're so frustrated, we said one of the biggest things that they had to do this offseason, the biggest step that they had to make for this team to be on par with the number one team, the number one ranking that they earned earlier in the year was to be more consistent, and they haven't.
0: That simple. Well, the last thing we want to talk about, we're actually going to end positive because this is a losing podcast. Carolina doesn't isn't where they are in the first half without Jalen Washington. He was absolutely sensational. Scored twelve points in the first half, just one point in the second half. Uh the thirteen points overall, career high, twenty seven minutes career high, was five of eleven from the field, did grab six rebounds, was a was a forced that Virginia had to go into halftime and make adjustments dude, to figure out a way to stop on the offensive end. And a lot of us, you know, we're kind of worried, okay, what's what's going to happen? Armando Baycott's going to graduate and, 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 and depart. Yep. Jalen Washington's going to slide right in and be the next great big to play here. Um, he has a nice mid-range jump shot. He has a nice uh, back-to-the-basket game. He's tall and long. Kind of has a body frame that kind of reminds you a little bit of John Henson and can just go kind of get whatever he wants. Yeah, a little bit. Um, I will say this. He's taken three three-pointers this season. That's three too many. The know, shooting form is there. The length on the shots are not just But, you know, you, you just got to feel so good for a kid that lost his last, really, two years of high school basketball to knee injuries. Didn't really know if he was going to play this year at all while he was rehabbing. And Mm -hmm. now with an injury to Will Shaver, really, and Pete Nance, and now Armando Baycott, is going to be called upon to produce for at least a little bit. And I think we're confident that he's going to go on the court. You know he's going to give energy, and sometimes that's all this team needs is him just to be an energy guy. But you also trust him if he shoots an 18-footer. If they do isolate him on, on the block and try to run some offense for him. So, mm-hmm. an, an absolutely sensational performance. His growth, I think, is going to be really important for next year. You know, over the course of this year to figure out, you know, we want to get through this year. And we still have goals and dreams, but his growth is going to be really important. Like, if he can grow up before our eyes and, and become a, a nice basketball player. You'll feel a lot more confident when we enter next season, even with losing Armando Baycock, because we could say we got Jalen Washington. We know what we've already seen from him and what's going to come from him in the future.
1: Well, I mean, he could be very important for this year as well for Carolina, even when Armando Baycock comes back. Because as you mentioned, there's not really a lot of depth there. Um, We've seen Pete Nance so far this year. I don't think he's a guy that you really want to play at the five all that much when you run that small lineup out there. So this is a dude that can do a lot of different things for you. I thought he rebounded the ball very well. I thought he finished at the rim well. And as you mentioned, the shooting ability, we heard Hubert Davis say this in the preseason when he was on, I forget which podcast it was, one of the big national podcasts. He said, this is the best shooting big that I've ever seen that I've ever recruited. So there is a lot of talent there. And the, yes, the other thing is this dude is still, I mean, he's he's probably pretty close to 100%, but this is still a guy that was rehabbing from back-to-back major knee injuries. But again, you're seeing that this was a dude that was dropped in the rankings because of that. He was a five-star recruit at one time. You're seeing why. Why? And I think the offensive skill set is there. I thought defensively you saw some pretty good things. I think, you know... He he had definitely some some matchup issues last night, especially when you he, he had to you know find a way to try to guard Vanderplass, who was just all over the floor, um and and he just at, at times had nothing for him, especially beyond the arc. So yeah, I mean he was definitely sw- swimming in the deep end a little bit yesterday, um but I think you know as you mentioned in that first half you had to be really encouraged by what you saw from him. And next year, he could he could definitely be a big part of what Carolina does. You feel pretty comfortable with that. He's shown other flashes throughout this year. The biggest thing for him, though, is can he become a part of this rotation consistently moving forward throughout the rest of the season? If he can provide some help off the bench – for Armando Baycott, if Carolina could have it to where they can actually legitimately play two bigs with Armando and Jalen Washington on the floor at the same time for an extended period of time, that could create some matchup nightmares for teams moving forward. The thing is, is that, yeah, he's going to have to probably grow up quickly because I would be shocked. I think Armando, I'm with you. If he can play, he's going to. With that being said, I would still be pretty shocked if he actually plays against Louisville. So he is going to he's going to have a chance to prove himself here pretty quickly coming up against the Cardinals.
0: Yeah, and that will be Carolina's next opponent. That will be on Saturday, and we'll be back later in the week with a full preview of that game. But in the meantime, guys, head over to HeelToughBlog.com for more uh, coverage of Carolina basketball. Go back, check out... The recap of the loss to Virginia. I'll be back getting you ready with the matchup with the Cardinals. Recap will be posted uh, day of as well. As for football, some news coming out this week. Carolina lost another... Uh, wide receiver to the transfer portal, find out who that is and how Carolina will go about replacing his production. And Mac Brown made a big decision on his coaching staff, find out which coach has been let go and who Carolina could target uh, to come in and fill that void, all that coverage. Football and basketball at HeelToughBlog.com. As for the podcast, guys, you know where to find us. We're on every major podcasting platform. Just simply search the Four Corners podcast and we will pop up. There we encourage you guys to rate and review the podcast, but more importantly, hit that subscribe button. That way you don't miss any editions of the show throughout the remainder of the basketball season. Well, with that, guys, this is going to wrap up this edition of the show. do want to thank Anthony for hosting with me. We want to thank you guys for listening. And as always... Go Tar Heels. Guys, it just doesn't get any sweeter than that.